Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 228. My name is Colin Mahern, and with me this week, he creates great moments in movie history. It's Chris Hallam. Good morning. But she can't recognize him until he takes off his surgery mask. It's Alice Bell. <laughs> oh my god. Flawless. That is a tenuous one. Uh, very much so. But it sounds like you recognise what I'm talking about. Yes, it is this week. It, I mean, is it a meme if we have to explain it? Um, I mean, I think, yeah. So this week someone pointed out that in uh, The Dark Knight, that Batman The yes. Dark Knight, yeah. uh, when Harvey Dent is in hospital after having his face burned, <laughs> The Joker comes to visit him as a nurse in really bad drag. And Harvey mm. wakes up and looks at him, but then doesn't recognize him. Like, he looks at him for like a full two or three seconds with the full, like, eye makeup. Full makeup, yeah. But doesn't recognize it's the Joker until the Joker takes his little surgery face mask Th- off. It's like just covering chin and mouth. Like, yeah. you can, like, it's a man wearing. Like, like, kind of clown makeup. Like, you would, there's probably only a few of those that Harvey Dent knows at that point of his life. At which point he freaks out and tries to, he's like handcuffed to the bed. I, he's like, ah! I love these things that, like, how did no one spot this before? How did we all see the Dark Knight and go, yeah, 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 uh, Christopher, no- Christopher Nolan, he's a visionary. Nine <laughs> years. Yeah, for anyone to actually look at it properly and go, What's what's going on here? I'm surprised nobody in because it's difficult to get through a hospital. You know, there's loads of checkpoints and receptions. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised no one else noticed like a nurse with a, well, well, this... a terrible wig walking like a duck as well, just like <laughs> slapping around. Have Have you uh, did Did you watch Dexter? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did you watch Dexter up until the end? No. Yeah. <laughs> well done. I'm very proud of the both of you. Don't do that. But and look, I suppose spoilers. So I well, well, do you know what? I I won't mention it. But something similar happens right at the end of Dexter. There's 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 a scene involving a hospital, and whilst watching it, you just ask, "How is no one in the hospital noticing this?" It's one of those kinds of things. God, we're t- how how far into Dexter are you? Oh, three, four series. Stop, Alice. I'm, I think I'm just starting the third. Yeah. Okay. You watch Wish. up until the end of the fourth one, and it's one of the best television shows of all time. <laughs> After that, it most certainly isn't. It goes batshit insane. No, it just, it just goes, goes bad. bad. It's just really not bad. bad. Not bad shit. It it's just goes shit. It's renowned for getting really shit, isn't it? Like really, because the show so runner. annoying, so frustrating, so sad. It's really clever, really cool idea, and then it just gets shit. It's like the original, the first showrunner left or something, right? Something like that, yeah. Oh, it's that in like the end of the third series, the fourth, fourth, I think, something like that, oh, okay. and then it just goes really and bad. Just apparently, the bed. yeah. It's All right, absolutely terrible. Well, I did intentionally stop so i think maybe i've done it wisely i think you have chris i think you have on to the news this week and starting us off i want to talk we talked about an american tv show i want to talk about an american man (laughs) called american mckee uh who is working on a proposal for alice three Right? So Alice 3, or Alice 3, Alice, 
Um, the, was, first, the first game was Alice. Well, the first one was called American McGee's Alice. Yes. Second one was Alice Madness Returns. Mm-hmm. The third one, we don't know what that'll be called yet because we don't know if there will be a third one. But American McGee seems positive. Oh my God, uh, I find so, this so funny. <laughs> so yeah, he is kind of building this proposal uh, which will include, I think it's going to include like artwork and just ideas for this game that he is then going to present to EA and say, come on, let's make Alice 3 together. However... <laughs> And I know, Alice, you are more clued in, in the story. <laughs> Only a few months back, that wasn't the case. Wasn't even, it was not even two months, I don't think. It was July, mid-July. He wrote a blog post saying, and it, he'd done it deliberately. It was called, like, Where's Alice 3? New Alice Game, Alice 3. So that it would be the top of, like, the Google search. Uh, basically saying, stop asking me about Alice 3. <laughs> because EA owns the rights to the game to mm-hmm. the idea yeah i have no control over it i can't get it made ea know that i would be on board and willing to work on a new alice game but it's entirely in their hands so just ask them and then this weekend he was like i'm working on a proposal for alice 3 so uh, yeah this hey, everyone, and, but literally like after saying stop asking me about it this new blog post was like let's show ea how much we all want in alice 3 like let's help me get alice 3 made and has is the other blog Still there? Has he deleted yeah, it? No, it's still, it's there. still there. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting tact. I mean, people change. We can all change, most definitely. I just find but it, it does very seem funny. like he's done a one eighty very quickly there. Yeah, it seems like I. I mean, either he's got tired of people asking, still asking him about Alice three anyway, or he's t- got tired of waiting for EA. Because you know, you know, in life, you can't just sit alone in your house saying, "Why does nobody want to make my stuff?" Yeah. You have to go out to them, maybe. So maybe that's what he's doing. But it is going to be like a full thing with like art. Oh, it's going to have like business and costings and stuff. And they're going to deliver it to EA. And he said, like, if you want to support it, sign up to the mailing list. Maybe it's just a vehicle to get more people signed up to his mailing list. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Because yeah. he, he had a Kickstarter for, was it a tabletop game? It was a, yeah, a tabletop card game, like a physical card game called Out of the Woods, which was not related to Alice at all. At all? No. Was it successful? Uh, it was successfully funded. I'm not sure if it's out R- yet. Right, yeah, but... yeah, yeah. No, it's not out yet. No, it was It was funded recently. Mm. Yeah. But, my God. I mean, I am pleased because I liked the games and also her name is like my name. That is true. So, yeah. <laughs> and I did. They were, like, Alice Madness Returns especially. It was flawed, but it was a really beautiful, at times, weird and interesting platformer with loads of cool ideas in it. I just so, remember her magnificently rendered hair, just like the other Alice I know. Thank you. Yeah. My hair is rendered very yeah, well. Yeah, your hair is rendered very well. In real time. Was it... Was it but that was I, a big I've, thing, though, wasn't it? They they went on about her hair in yeah, the game. Yeah, it moved around when she jumped and shit. So like, I, 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 never played, hair. I never played any of the Alice games, but I I just remember them as being fairly tim burtony you know that type of like that kind of thing surrealist Mm. weird there were just some really nice sections like um when she went underwater and had to trick the oysters into being eaten and stuff like the oysters were opera singers and stuff uh or like there was a platforming section where it was on like a house of cards in the sky and the cards would fly in and out as you jumped and stuff so it was quite Mm. difficult and also very lovely to look at so what have you ever played? I'm guessing you played 
Them as well, Chris. If you're no, I just right. I, that, that was just one of the things that stood out. It's always one of those ones that I've looked at with interest, but I've never quite gotten around to. So, what, what do you want from an Alice Three, Alice Bell? Um, I think the issues I had with the other one were it was I would love it to have the same style and stuff, but I think it would, the pacing was what was off for me in terms of like. Uh, major fights and things um so there wasn't what i was convinced that it was a something like a glitch or something but it gears up to as if you're about to have a boss battle after some platforming and then it just skips to a cutscene where actually the the boss just like kind of goes and like breaks and stuff and i thought that was me assassin's creed did that a lot as well and pissed me off yeah um but that i mean that was probably an artistic choice it had lovely cutscenes actually and like um because her memories were all mixed with reality and, and stuff. So the so more of the same, but just kind of work on the pacing and and stuff, because it was intercut with like her in real life and a, a children's home and stuff as well. Mm. So, But at least, you know, when you talk about pacing, you're talking about the pacing in the game, not the, not the pacing of releases and how the method of how you release the game. Very well done. Because that's my <laughs> issue with Kentucky Route Zero, but we'll get on to that because... Kentucky Route Zero is in the news because uh, there is a console edition coming, which, uh, well, it's it's called Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, which is coming to Switch, PS4, and Steam in 2018, which is just the, it'll be just a complete edition on Steam. Um, and so the, the first episode of Kentucky Route Zero came out in 2013. I remember playing it. It came out on it, PS4 as well, didn't it? Not as far I f- as I remember. I thought the first episode came out on console, but the first four acts came out on PC. Well, I will put my full trust in you, Chris, but I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um. Uh. So I yeah I I played it on PC and I was not blown away by it, but I'm very intrigued, very interested. But by the end of episode two, I was like, oh, I'm I am in. Mm-hmm. The the thing is. I played, yeah, I, that was it. I, I played episode one and two together when episode two came out. Yeah. And then had to wait, fucking, I don't know, however long it was, a year and a half or something for yeah. episode three. And then episode four came out a couple of months ago. It is like, I don't give a shit how good your game is. If it's episodic and there, like, there are a number of years between episodes. Like, come on. Do one. Like, like, Take David Lynch says all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but it, oh, it just, it really, oh, really Especially grinds my gears. Grinds my gears. It's a crowdfunded game as well. So it's quite concerning for folks that have crowdfunded it. Now, at the same time, like, if, if you haven't played Kentucky Route Zero, I would imagine when the TV edition comes out, you will be kind of, t- if you're into that type of thing, like, like you're talking yeah. about Alice and the Surreal, Kentucky Route Zero, very surrealist um, kind of, like this does some really cool stuff, does some really uh, nice kind of scene setting, uses music very well as well. Uh, but that is one of the games, as I said, that is coming to Switch because there's a number of games because last week it was i think it was just after we recorded the podcast uh nintendo did a little nindies showcase where uh they rattled off a few of the games that a few of the indie games that are coming to the switch um most notably super meat boy forever 
which I am absolutely fucking buzzing for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Super Meat Boy is one of those kind of... It's one of the marquee games of the last 10 years in our medium. It is just exceptional. Like, yeah. it's, it's... That brought in a wave of kind of pretenders to their throne because of how how tight it was. And it really, uh, for me, brought back that kind of tight 2D platformer. Unforgiving as well. Oh, like, yeah. that. That's, that's what was so joyous about it, was you fuck up, you curse everything and then realize okay right that that was my fault it's always your fault though isn't it yeah (laughs) even when other people are playing it's always my fault chris uh (laughs) but yeah like is would you like to like chris you are a nintendo switch owner would you like to see the switch become a, a kind of an indie machine as well as a uh, a Nintendo first party machine. Well, I think it's essential for Nintendo that it does become one, that it takes kind of that indie kind of mantle away from the PS Vita, which has become like an indie platform really in recent years, hasn't it? It's like that's the only way the Vita has actually well, managed I to. I mean, in, rec- kind of in recent years, it's a nothing platform. It is, <laughs> but it is. But the thing is, it's been held aloft by like pretty much by indie titles only. And Persona 4. <laughs> and Persona 4, which is amazing. But, um, no, I think it's great. I mean, the thing is about the indie titles, especially stuff like um, Super Meat Boy, it's a dip-in, dip-out title, isn't it? So it'd be great to just bash for a level, put it on standby, get off your tube or your bus or your train or whatever, and then carry on as normal. The interesting thing is, as well, I find interesting was the um, No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again, which kind of has other indie games in mm-hmm. it. So it's like it's got two confirmed so far, hasn't it? So you've got Hotline Miami, yeah, and then the next one's Shovel Knight. So he has to he has to play games. You have to play games within games mm-hmm. as Travis to win, which is kind of an interesting collaboration, I he suppose. Gets, he gets sucked into a games console, doesn't he? Yeah, and then he has to kind of battle his way through these six indie games to make his way out and then in the reveal trailer you actually see travis and in his in his trailer ironically um playing on hotline miami does that mean the hotline miami is technically on switch (laughs) it's a matter of time um yeah and there's a few there's the excellently titled morphe's law uh there's steam world dig 2 which um i did for whatever reason, the first one was something that just kind of passed by me, but people fucking R- love that game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it would be it would be good for the Switch if it's because uh, like, like to your point, I know I say in recent years it has become a, a nothing platform rather than an indie platform, yeah. but there was a time when yes, that was how people would choose to play the likes of Hotline Miami, Guacamole, so on and so forth. Yeah, would be on on the Vita itself. Um, but all these games, I'm sure, like wh- what we see on the surface, uh, we we take as fact and it's and it's delightful. But there are little things hidden away, things that we don't know about. And thankfully, Jennifer Shirla, I'm going with Shirla as in Andre Shirla, because it's kind of like that, but spelled slightly differently. I was going to go Shell, but... Right. I'm, I, Either I, or. I'm just going off a of, foot. It's similar to a footballer's name. Is it? Yeah, but yeah, but fairly similar. Um, but yeah, so she is, 
or she was giving a talk at the New Zealand Game Developers Association and she was looking for examples of game developers kind of little secrets and mm. stuff like that. And what is I what, like, what I enjoy what I enjoy is you know sometimes like people will put a call out and it'll just be quite small or whatever. For whatever reason this fucking everyone got on board and everyone wanted to share like all developers wanted to share their little secrets of, yeah, of their games. It's basically mechanics in games that are completely hidden to the player. So that you're, you, you have no idea they're happening at all, basically. Cause there's all, you know, there's all stuff like, uh, you can lead a player around a level by like the way you place lights in, you know, a yeah. dark area or whatever. Stuff Journey, like that. Go to the big mountain. That's, that's not what she was talking about. She <laughs> meant stuff that is complete, like you are, Unaware is that happening. That plays on as your subconscious, player. and you kind of just led along by that. No, 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 they, no, right, no, no. Yeah. Like actual mechanics in the game, the way the game worked, that you have no idea is happening. So, like, uh, let me see here. There, there was a couple. Like in System Shock, your last bullet does double the damage. Uh, in Bioshock, your enemy's first bullet will miss you Always. all the time. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? The Far Cry Four one. Um, when they turn down the non-player character damage, the NPC damage. So, like when they're close, when there's so many enemies around you, their damage actually, how much you get damaged goes down because you're surrounded by the enemies. Just to make you feel cool, uh, Jennifer herself said that, like in Assassin's Creed, the last section of your uh, health bar is actually worth more health than it represents on screen. Mm-hmm. So if your health bar as a whole, for example, is 100%, the last like 20% or whatever will actually be worth 30 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It gives you that feeling of holding on and battling yeah. through it. So there's so Just, many cool things. Like, very, very cool. Like Stuff like that Bioshock one where the enemy's first bullet will always miss you is... That's just. I think that's a very, very interesting, very cool way to. I don't know. Yeah, trick. The, or, or well, it's it's that kind of shock, I suppose. To to pardon the pun, to let the player know, oh, there is danger yeah. here. So right now, I can settle myself and get ready for it properly. It's what they do in movies as well, isn't it? Like uh, the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always a shot that misses them, and then they kind of go, "Oh, I've been seen." So. Yeah. Better react. Just so, like, the NPCs in, I like this one, the NPCs in Arkham Asylum will avoid doing 180 turns at all costs <laughs> so I, that you as Batman can hide behind them and sneak up behind them. Yeah. I thought I was just being good and stealthy, but That's, it actually yeah. doesn't matter. You can just run up to them, I guess, can't you? Well, High Octane, which is a racing game from the 90s, didn't change anything about the cars at all they the, all the cars were exactly the same they just put different stats on them on the selection screen <laughs> so you're choosing a car with 90 speed versus one with 70 for example no difference means nothing absolutely no difference it's amazing <laughs> i think it's fantastic yeah i i there are and as you say about that assassin's creed one as well where the last bit of your health actually counts for more uh again it's all all about tricking the player and trying to get them to like all like you mentioned movies or whatever like oh it's an escapism you know you gotta kind of buy into it and overcoming the odds that's just i don't know there's some really really cool stuff uh in that and did she get a, a doing from people 
that some some people were replying in the thread saying that they felt like they were cheated, uh, that devs were kind of you know cheating players by doing this, and she had to kind of explain like, but you you don't really want a game without any you know we people design games taking into account the human mind mm-hmm. uh and she said if we design games uh with real randomness real ai that is truly after you, you'd feel unfairly cheated and frustrated all the time but you're not in for that not really even if you believe it or you think you're a gamer who loves difficult games good design keeps your humanity in mind the things you perceive bad design stands out because it feels rough because it does not cheat you so trust us a little, be in for the ride, find enjoyment in being taken down a road that you know is not real for the sake of the feeling. It's like knowing the magic trick, isn't it? Yeah, Knowing exactly. how the magic trick's done. It's all about suspension of disbelief. And yeah. if you don't like your games, set them on fire. Just like you can do to this new Street Fighter 2 cartridge. Uh, what in God's name is going on here? It's a flaming hot deal, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. I think that's even too much for me, Chris. <laughs> um, so I am 8-bit and Capcom, Capcom last week they revealed this limited edition SNES cartridge celebrating the, the 20th anniversary of Street Fighter 2, right? Cool, grand, it's a collectible that you can buy. Yeah. This is great. But... It is a cartridge. This is actually like a SNES cartridge that you can put into your console. But on the products page, it also states that if you put it into your SNES, it can it can set it on fire. It can set your console on fire. Yeah. So why why even make that capable? Uh, why make the cartridge capable of being kind of playable? Being played? Yeah. yeah. Like why not just make it a f- an ornament of sorts. I mean, it's it's a weird one. So basically, they've said that the disclaimer is not because of the cartridge; it's because of the console, because of the snares being so old, and they can't. They don't know the state, of, like the condition of everyone's snares that will be getting this cartridge. So you might have a shitty old snares that you haven't looked after and is full of dust and could explode any minute. It's not being pat tested, has it? So that's. They're trying to avoid liability for you having a shit snares, basically. <laughs> but at the same time, like, so they said, you know, it's intended as a kind of collectible. But they've they've like have put on it like fully playable. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see someone put it in. Do you know their retrons? Do you know the yes, the new ones? Do, yeah. Put it in that and then see if it actually happens from there. See if they maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're interested, they're a hundred dollars each, and there's actually two different variants as well you um, don't get to choose more- though it's all random yeah yeah so there are a thousand um blanco ones yeah so there are uh, f- was it a thousand yeah a thousand in the glow in the dark blanco green and then four thousand five hundred in uh ryu headband red <laughs> so yeah but they <laughs> so, are yeah. all sold out now well because loads of people <laughs> yeah Wanted an explosive snares guy. I mean, it's it is quite cool because it's got a box and it's got the whole manual and everything. But also, you it might explode your snares. So who knows? Yeah. So if you if you are one of the lucky few who have bought it and you are going to try put it into your snares, just be wary that you may have to call some sort they of firefighter. S- they say that you need 
it says in the manual or when you order it that you actually need to have a fire extinguisher around. It does. It genuinely says. It actually says you need a fire extinguisher around. In the disclaimer, around. I think we quoted it here. Uh, Please exercise extreme caution when using the product and make sure there is a fire uh, there is fire extinguishment equipment nearby. Superb. Absolutely superb. So yeah, so make sure you have a fire extinguisher uh, close to hand or you'll have to call on the fire brigade uh, because damage may be done to your house and if that damage is done to your house then you may, you know, there may be woodwork damage. You'll have to call in a chippy. You might have to do it. Uh, the plugs might be fucked. You might have to call in a spark and you have to rewire the house again and maybe tapsably bollocks. You'll have to give Mario a call, but you won't. Right? And the reason... <laughs> well, around the houses for that one. The reason you won't have to give Mario a call, well, you can still call him, but if you do, he won't answer or he will and he will be very cross because that's a previous life for Mario. Right? So... This is peculiar. On uh, on uh, Nintendo's uh, Japanese official website, they have yeah. this thing called the Mario Portal, which allows you to see bios of Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, etc. Uh, and on Super Mario's one, it was Kotaku who spotted it, uh, they, there was this quote, this description of Mario. All around sporty, whether it's tennis or baseball, soccer or car racing, he, Mario, does everything cool. As a matter of fact, he also seems to have worked as a plumber a long time ago. Ellipses. When did he give up plumbing? When did he give up plumbing? It's been a tough week for 90s kids. Because first we all realised that Natalie and Brilliant's Torn is in fact a cover. And piss off. I knew that. Yeah, it's a, a Swedish band. I didn't I know knew, that. I knew that. And when I was doing the reviewsical, I said, right, I can either do... I, I, well, well, I can say it was them, but like, no one knows that. Everyone knows it was a Natalie Imbruglia uh, cover. Or everyone, know, everyone knows it is a Natalie Imbruglia song. So I was like, yeah, do that. The Natalie Imbruglia version is miles better. Have you listened to the no, original? No, and I had no idea. The, the original is... It's, it's quite dour. To be okay. honest, the Natalie and Brulee version is a thousand times better. So it is, it will and forever be a Natalie and Brulee song. But Mario will not be a plumber. Fun fact, Mario wasn't originally a plumber, though. He, he wasn't. Was, he was a carpenter. He was? Yeah, in Donkey Kong. And then because in Super in, in Mario Brothers, the first Mario Brothers, um, because there was a lot of underground settings... They decided to change him into a plumber. Take a sweep from the jar, Chris Hallam. Very good. If this was a quiz, I would celebrate that. (laughs) Uh, Why is he still wearing the overalls? Is Luigi still a plumber? Did like Mario lead the business and now it's just... But you see, well, the thing is... Now it's just, you know, Luigi, Mario, I always found it confusing because like Mario... But he's not wearing overalls. He's wearing dungarees. So like, why would he... Like if he was if he was a genuine plumber, why would he not wear overalls? And like he surely there would be a bit of shit on him as well. Or cargo pants, you know, pockets for all like of this the stuff. Snickers pants, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, what did you just say? Snickers pants, someone with all the pockets. Snickers pants. Yeah, I've never heard that. There you go. Is it because you keep loads of Snickers in the pockets? Uh, sure. <laughs> to what we've been playing this week Alice Bell am I ever excited no you're not don't lie to hear about Knack 2 the sequel to 2013's 
Knack, funnily enough, was the name of that one, which was a launch title on the PlayStation 4. It sold quite well because it was a launch title, I suppose, and people were crying out for games to play. Mm. Well, do do tell. How does Knack 2 compare? I mean, it's fine. It's It doesn't have exactly the same issues as Knack. It has different problems because it's just moved problems around a bit. So it does look a lot better. It's it's a lot easier because people were. It was as you had said. It was it was balls hard. They were mm. like, which is was way too hard for a kid's game. I think it's still too hard for a kid to play on their own. Uh, in part because the controls make no sense. <laughs> so he's got like new attacks and stuff now. He can kick and and stuff. So. Knack, who is this kind of big humanoid monster made essentially of magic rocks that can rearrange themselves into... I don't know, what is Knack? It's just a big humanoid just thing. Just a load of gold bits. Yeah, made of floating thing, rocks. Yeah, android thing. Yeah, I don't know. Sentient rock monster. Mm. Um, and he gets bigger the more relics you add and that adds more health and strength and you can switch to make him little again. You can get in small spaces to do the platforming. But he's, yeah, you've got more attacks now. So like, if you imagine explaining to a child, right? So if you want to punch to hit the baddies, you press the square button, and then if you want to kick, kick the baddies, you press the circle button. But if you want to do a heavy punch, you have to hold down the kick button. <laughs> How does that make sense? Yeah, the, I, <laughs> when you told me that, I was that's a, that's a peculiar one. That's an interesting design choice. And you need to use the heavy punch quite a lot as well because it bashes armor off enemies. A lot like, of them have armor. What? So what? What happens when you hold down the punch button? Uh, you do a lot of punches all at once, really fast. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's weird, and you could, there's they've added like so there's drop in drop out co op which does work pretty well. Uh, you can basically knack divides himself into another knack. Um, and they've added like there's a level like a skill tree for leveling up, but it's in it's in four bits, and you can only unlock the next. But you can only do one bit of the skill tree at a time so i like okay so you can only choose one direction to go basically no well you can so the first is the way of strength okay and then it's the way of uh speed i think and then the way of skill and but you can't unlock the way of speed until you've done all of the way of strength. Oh, and right. then you have to do all the way of speed to get open up the way of skill. It's weird. All of us. Like uh there are um, I can't remember how many. There are like little loads of little abilities and buffs that you open up, and then there's one main one for each one that costs four ability points. But you don't you don't have to open up the main one, you just have to get all the others. And then it'll open up the next and one. Then you can move on to the yeah, next one. It's weird. It's like mastering the disciplines that's, before you can move on. That's really strange. That yeah, it's just not like normal. Here are your four skill mm. trees. I mean, I guess it's again to make it easier for kids, maybe, but it's not an especially hard there aren't loads of different things. They don't mm-hmm. do very complex things. It will just unlock it like, just I, th- like, I, I think knack is yeah, it's it's well the first one anyway, it wasn't it wasn't difficult to understand so much like for a child like there was a lot of, yeah I suppose to be fair there was a few uh, it was a bit complex in terms of getting the crystals and uh, the different powers you had special powers you had for that like are they in in this uh, kind of a bit Those little, yeah, what are they called is it sun crystals yeah the sun crystals are your shield and you can do some stuff with them but it's not quite the same as before and then your ability points are from killing enemies and stuff 
Um, but it's, I just don't know who, because it's not really fun enough for a kid. Because now I feel like it is, it's easier to play, but harder to understand, I guess. Mm. It's not really fun enough for a kid. The writing's kind of blah, whatever. The story's weird. Um, so do you, what, what is the story? So, I mean, the first game you were fighting against goblins who were just at war with the humans. Then in this one, the kind of the goblins are at it again, except pesky goblins. what's kind of happening is the, it, like, it turns out, you know, the humans and goblins have been at war for centuries and there used to be a, a high goblins who were kind of just bigger and blonder. And um, <laughs> it's pretty much it. Uh, and um, sort of more intelligent. And they built robots, like combat robots, and the robots are waking up. And so you have to figure out what's going on with that. And he meets some new people, makes some new friends along the way. Lovely. Um, it's a fun for all the family. Well, I mean, no. that's I don't think it's fun enough for a kid. And it also doesn't have any kind of, like, kind of grown-up jokes for yeah, you know doesn't like have the, the pixar yeah, wink and nods for the parents and yeah. it's so long it i mean it's not like that it just feels so long because the levels i mean it looks a lot nicer but the levels all feel the same they just look a bit different it just looks really like i don't know just boring it's the same as knack basically I, it's just moved its issues around and it like the platforming is really good to be fair yeah like, it's good at platforming. It's, it seems just quite disappointing, though. I mean, like, when the PS1 came out, you had Crash Bandicoot. The PS2, you had, like, Jack and Daxter. The PS3, you had, like, Ratchet and Clank, Cracking Time. And the thing is, you had those really good platformers. And then you had, like, Knack. And, like, when the PS4 came out and I got the PS4, I used to always get all the other platformers. Because I, I like platform games. And I kind of looked at that and I thought, fuck that. <laughs> and nothing you've said about it and i think you kind of managed to epitomize how i feel about it from just looking at it and i just think there's nothing about this that makes me want to buy this game and knack 2's come out now and crash bandicoot came out what f- five weeks six weeks ago give or take yeah, yeah. and I'd, I'd i think i'd rather pick that one up instead of this do you mm. know what i mean it's a weird, like the it does do platforming very well it is accomplished at platforming it is a competent platformer but, but what's I just, its usp but, I mean, Eurogamer made the point that, like, it feels like this game is just for Mark Cerny, <laughs> who, who's the guy who did the, the PlayStation 4, and he was the director of Knack, and the director of Knack 2, and it was, it feels like he was just like, I want to do Knack, <laughs> again. It's like, yeah, we've sold 80 million consoles, Mark, of course you can do it. <laughs> I mean, and as I say, like, they sold a few copies of Knack as well, because... There was, I don't know, a how, like, of titles. Yeah, whatever, 12 to 15 copies, I've no idea, um, available for for people at launch. So, well, you had like that or like the mediocre um, Killzone Shadowfall, didn't you? So, yeah, mediocre is a bit strong. It was all right. It was good for the first third of the game and um, then became Derivative Central. But, uh, yeah, so Knack 2... I mean, it would probably, you'd probably enjoy playing it with your kid, if you had a kid, but probably more because I assume you enjoy spending time with your child. <laughs> well, every cloud. <laughs> assume. assume. I mean, you might not, in which case... I mean, but, yeah, but that's like saying... I would hope you know, that you enjoy spending time with your child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're only a weekend parent. We go, Knack 2. Um, well, I, it's, it's a weekend parent. Well, uh, yeah, I suppose weekend parents, you know, Chris, they do, they'll, uh, they'll spend, spend time 
time. Uh, excuse me, I need to compose myself. Uh, they'll spend time with their children uh, on specific days. Here we go. And uh, maybe one days of, in the summer. Maybe, maybe days in the summer when it's nice outside. Take them, take them out to the ice cream van. Get a ice cream cone. A ninety nine. Oh, beautiful, lovely. And I'm flag. June is in the summer. Alice Bell. What's the last of June? You go. Well, first of all, it's called Have the last day of, of it's called the last June. day of June. <laughs> Bollocks! What did I call it? The last, last day. of June. Right, whatever. What? <laughs> uh, the last day of June is uh, it's kind of an indie puzzle game that um, it, it. I've said it's it's got the same kind of emotional density as the opening of Up. You know, the first bit of Up. Yeah. yeah. With the montage, the little the you know the couple and that so i think you can gauge your response to the last day of june by your response to that i mean you basically. have a fucking heart of stone if you, that doesn't hit you although you have told me about toy story 3 and we won't get into that again <laughs> Think of a disgraceful, shit, disgraceful. Um, so in the last day of june you play a guy called carl and you live in a tiny village with like four other occupants and your wife june uh, and the last day of June is indeed <laughs> the yes. last day of June. So basically, Carl and June go out for a nice picnic by oh, the lake. Lovely. And on the drive home, storm kind of goes up and then they are in a car crash. Dear. And oh, Carl crap. wakes up alone in a dark house uh, without June. June died in the car crash. Carl's in a wheelchair. And uh, he, June was an artist and he goes into her, her um, studio where she's got paintings of the four other people that live in the village. And there's a sudden kind of oh, mysterious thing. And um, Carl finds he's able to go back through the portraits of these four people to control them and what they were doing on that day, on the last day of June, and then try and change their actions to stop the crash from happening. So the puzzle is you have to, as these four characters, do stuff that doesn't result in a crash. So you start off playing as this young kid who is playing with a football. You need to figure out a way to stop. He runs into the road and then Carl swerves and crashes. So you have to figure out a way to stop him getting in the road in front of Carl. Uh, And then there's a woman who is moving out of the village. She's got a big kind of moving truck full of boxes. You need to find a way to secure the boxes. Uh, but that might affect the stuff the other people do. There's a hunter who's like, he's actually quite funny. He's got a dog and he's all like, because nobody talks. Like, Is it not, all just that kind of sound effects? They're not and... fully voiced, but they do do make noises. Like Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he's chasing a bird. You need to get him to not chase it towards the road. Uh, and they all, you end up using different bits around. So like the woman needs a rope to tie her box is down, but also the other two might need a rope as well. So you need to figure out different combinations as you go through the day. And you have to go back and forth between them all because maybe the boy needs to get somewhere to do something. So one of the, like, maybe so the woman can then walk that way. But in order for him to do that, the hunter has to open uh, another gate first. So you have to switch between them all. Um, right, well, before my brain explodes... It's like the butterfly effect, isn't it? Does, like yeah. a cause and effect thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. Like, does it, does it do it well? Yes and no. It's very... It's a game you could genuinely describe as lovely. It does look very lovely. It's all sort of... It does look lovely. That is one point that I did want to bring up. It's really kind of like... Um, 
I don't know, really bright, vibrant mm. kind of colours, isn't it? it what were you like, playing this on? Uh, PS4. PS4, okay. Uh, and it's um, kind of, the whole thing looks kind of like it's been painted because June yeah. was a painter. So the background's kind of a sort of smudges. Oh, like uh, a watercolour. No, more like an oil painting. Oh, okay. Until you get closer and then they come into focus more. Um, and it's a lot of like uh, details are suggested rather than being all done. So the, the people don't, kind of have eyes but they have you can see where their eyes right. are i know it sounds horrific <laughs> from saying that is this a horror game mm. um so it does look lovely uh but it does there's it just gets a little bit frustrating because you you'll do something as like the hunter with his dog and then you'll think right i need to get the boy to do that so then you go back and play as the boy and even though you know the combination of things you have right now will still end in the crash, you just need to get the boys to do one thing and then you can do something else to change it. So you have, it does skip some actions to, so that you don't have to do the same things over and over, but you do always have to watch the majority of the, the crash cutscene. And does, it just. Does, does that. Does that hit you harder emotionally, having to watch it over and over again? Well, no, not. I mean, I know you did just say I have a heart of stone because I didn't care about Toy Story, but it, I, it kind of, I ended up disengaging from it because I was like, yeah, she's dying. And, like, would check my emails like while the crash was happening because I knew what was going to happen. So it did kind of deaden the emotional impact. Pardon the pun. Yeah, every time you kind of looked at it, and I think you can tell very early on at least the shape of what will happen so again that mm. kind of deadens the emotional blow i mean when you were describing it to me off mic i kind of said right okay this is what i think will happen and it's like kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i think it's it doesn't feel new mm. but it will still i think you know at least yeah it'll make you well up a little bit you'll, yeah. you'll get something in your eye at least you know mm. another thing that isn't new but my god it's new to Colin Mahern <laughs> because he again just to let you know is now the authority for the last three weeks ish two three weeks on the Yakuza series and the old thing I'm talking about but it's new because they've remade it is Yakuza Kiwami and yes yes Boys and girls. You fucking love it, don't you? Oh, here, like, I mean, where has this series been all my life? It's a fucking joy. No, I am to calm down for a moment and actually say, right, Colm, what do you really think about Yakuza Kiwami? Well, Chris, it's, (laughs) it's like, it is, it's very good because it's, it's more Yakuza. But at the same time, because this game originally came out in 2005, six, and Yakuza 0 has, like, was made 10 years after that, you can see, like, there are some PS2-ishness about Yakuza Kiwami. Some of the, the side missions, what are they called, sub-stories, are, they feel quite old. They feel yeah. quite antiquated in comparison to some of the ones in... Because some of the ones in Zero are very cleverly done and feel quite feel quite expansive and important, whereas some of the ones in uh, Kiwami, Yakuza Kiwami, are just kind of fetch quests or like there's, there's three 
that follow a thread where mm. every time you run up a road, uh, you bump into these group of lads. And so it, it, I think it happens three times. And you bump into them and they go, oh, we're going to claim money off you, you bastard. Like, you know, fucking, no, it's not a claim. <laughs> They're, they would like, you know, pay up, give us 30,000 yeah. yen, whatever. We'll let you pass. And then it's like, no. And then there's a fight. And then they go, okay, we'll never do it again. Then they come back twice more. Yeah. And it, some of that does kind of repeat itself a little bit. Uh, but I, in saying that, it is still the the kind of four different battle styles um, that you had in in, in, uh, zero. in zero. Well, you have, because you're only Kiru now, you're not Kiru and Majima. Uh, you by, just by have Kiru's way, ones. Majima, so this, amazing. <laughs> and you know what? This is something that does, uh, it's it quite a valid point, I think, about Yakuza Kiwami. So we played... On VG Live last Friday, myself and Alice played two and a half hours of Yakuza Kiwami. And this was your first introduction to Goro Majima. Yes. Right? A, a guy who walks around place in tight trousers with a leopard skin uh, a shirt. Snake, that's, snake or snake skin. skin snake skin shirt. Uh, it's not even a shirt. It's a snake skin. Open snake skin jacket with no lining. And no shirt on underneath. Yeah. And he's got an eye patch. Eye patch. A, like, a um, weird 90s boy band haircut. C- Curtin's haircut, but with an undercut. Uh, and he's just obviously really... Erratic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, cool. really erratic, really uh, extravagant yeah. in like how even when he meets Kiro and how he kind of says his name. Everything about him is just extravagant. Debonair. Right? But... I don't think that that has the same effect. And there's a lot of things in Yakuza Kwame that I don't think have the same effect unless you play Zero. And it's a strange thing to say because Zero came out 10 years afterwards. It's a prequel after all. Yeah. But, like, even uh, very early on, right, you... I mean, I don't know. How how do you deal with spoilers here? Because it is a 10-year-old game. But, look, because I'm fucking new to the series, I won't ruin it for anyone. But there's a character very early on in Yakuza Kiwami that is or was a friend to you before, mm-hmm. but is now being a bit of a bastard, right? And in Zero, they are your friend. And you get attached to them, making the them being a bit of a bastard in Kiwami... They, that makes it feel a bit more important and a, a bit yeah. more of a shift. Whereas, I don't know, there's a lot of things in Kiwami that I kind of go, if if I was just playing this as is, I would be wondering, why would I care about this yeah. friendship fraying, you know? Yeah. Unless I had put 35, 40 hours into another game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, I don't know, hey, whatever. Uh, like, oh, it's, it's just, it is a joy. It really is an utter joy. The story is not quite as good, again, as Zero. Uh, I just, because I was banging on about how it kind of intertwined stuff and, oh, it was just, uh, Zero is fucking sublime. Uh, yeah, Kwame is good. It is good and it is interesting. And as I say, there is that thread um, with you and your kind of body yeah which in, intrigued to see where that goes i almost bought it yesterday mm. um, when i got back but i just missed the sale for it It was on sale over the weekend oh, okay and um 
I was thinking, oh, Colin would be dead chuffed in me if I bought this. I'd be and, very pro, Chris. And then it said the price, and I was like, yeah, get fucked. I'll how, much, how much is it? I think it was about 30 quid, but I'm tight from Yorkshire, Anna. Mm. So I'll, I'll buy... Frugal, I'd say, Chris. Uh, well, fr- thanks. Yeah. I'd say frugal. <laughs> Wait, um, but, it, like, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. 100%. Again, like, with... Yakuza Kwame 2 coming out in when is it December I think it's meant to come out yeah like that's probably I doubt they're going to get 3 done as well before because Yakuza 6 is out next March so yeah. it's probably just going to be and they're also doing Fist of the North Star as well yeah 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 so I I, I think Yakuza 2 or Yakuza Kwame 2 is probably as far as we get in remakes unless they make them after 6 but mm. oh, just, just yes, just fucking yes. Oh, uh, you just your enthusiasm oh. has just blossomed from nowhere. I yeah, but it's it's just so adore, just adore <laughs> this series. Well, like from the time that I've been here, I've I've noticed you like when you've talked about games, you've gone, yeah, I've really enjoyed this. This was fun. That was great. This was a bit tired to fucking yes this is just the making of me as a person it's, it's, it's just it's, you see the evolution of Colin is Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle the making of Chris Hallam no it's not the making of me but it is a rather enjoyable romp um, I've been playing it for the last well I, I, after last week's podcast actually I said I was going to go away and play it didn't I and I've been playing it on and off over the last week and I totally agree with your review column that you can actually read on videogamer.com, folks. Very good. Um, <laughs> I'll be plugging till the end of the day. But um, no, seriously, jokes aside, I think it's it's great. I didn't think it would ever work. Um, I was worried that it would be shit. And when you said to me, oh, it's kind of like XCOM, and I was, for me, for me I was just sold. And it has been very enjoyable what I've played of it. Um it's crazy how they've married the two worlds and the two dimensions. I do love the kind of the humor that's um, evident in the, like the rabbits. They kind of bring a much needed humor to the kind of the Mario world in that mm. thing. But um, to kind of go on the gripes of the game, I think, like you say, it is a little bit long in the tooth. The battles can go on for quite a while. Um, I think it's very much a game that to get the maximum enjoyment about out of it, you don't just sit there and grind away at it because it will wear you out on the game very quickly. It's very much you kind of do a few battles, put it down and play something else mm-hmm. and then come back to it and do a few more battles and then play something else. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, it's more digestible and a bit more enjoyable in that do, sense. Do you have much history with the genre? I guess. Uh, with that kind of genre of game? Y- yeah. Like XCOM and stuff. Yeah, yeah I played XCOM Enemy Within on the... Um, I played that on the Mac and PC and stuff yeah and then i do like strategy games in general so do do you think that like does this does this bring much new to the genre for you or like are you are you are you happy enough to see mario stomping around the place with a gun um i didn't know what to make of it at first um but the thing is, I think the internet pretty much had its say, so I didn't need to have an opinion on it because it was already all over the place when people were crying about it. But um, no, it works. It's really cool. And lo- you said last week, you said, give Mario a gun in every game. Did I? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. You said, give him a gun in every game. It's not really a gun, though. It's like a Mega Man blaster almost, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, and I think it's a really interesting mechanic. 
and they could bring give him a weapon like that in a game but the thing is he had something similar he had um the water pack in um super mario sunshine so he's kind of had a projectile based I mean, weapon before the fucking the but most, the most derided a... of all the 3d super marios yeah but super it, mario sunshine yeah so, uh, screw the haters it still wasn't too bad a game really but um i enjoyed it but i do think it's um a really good take there was another thing you said as well um you have the opportunity to change members of your party as you're going through the game yes there isn't any need. You don't feel inclined. Um, like the thing is, I start. What, what point do you opt to? How many? How many members of your party do you have? I've got Pete. I've got Luigi and Peach. Right. Okay. Um, so that's up to the end of World Two. Yes. Um, I mean, like the thing is, um, I've played with the other characters, obviously, Rabid Peach and Rabid Luigi. And the thing is, the rabid Luigi with the vamp slide thing. That's fucking all day long. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) All day long. I don't see the the point in changing it. The thing is, I think there needs to be something that happens within the game to force a change or force you to change tact and choose one of the other members. Um, Because I don't think there's enough impetus on that. But, I mean... That makes it sound like I'm overly negative on the game. I think the game's great, and it's a really good take on the Mario universe. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of... I want to keep on cracking away at it mm. anyways, but it's so far so good. I am happy with it. Good. I'm delighted you enjoyed the all-star cast that Nintendo and Ubisoft have put together. What about the all-star cast? That's... What are they called? Koi, Koi Tecmo or... No, it's Nanko Bandai. It's one of them. Who was this? It's a cross of. It's, uh, well, it, Warriors All Stars is, uh, Koei Tecmo. So, I really like Dynasty Warriors or Dynasty Warriors. Din? I say Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, because that's the right way to see it. Did you ever play the first Dynasty Warriors on PS1? No. That was actually a, it was a fighting game, like, um, Tekken. Mm and um that was really cool i really liked that one and then it kind of went um all scale and i liked the first couple and then kind of got a bit no i I love dynasty warriors i love like the it's so it's known for the kind of one versus thousands gameplay uh and warriors all stars is a weird mashup where some characters from dynasty warriors and characters from other kotekmo games all land in a, a separate world that is under kind of threat it's got all these like, fox people in it they're, they're like people but they have fox tails and faces um and there's like a magic spring that's not flowing and you have to get it working again you're helping the princess but there are two other characters like her brother and her cousin are fighting against her and shit so it's the same kind of gameplay where you know you go to a map and then there's different lanes that you have to go down and you have to still say like stop this enemy from doing this and you have to run and then someone on the other side of the map will be like help i'm having trouble you have to run over there and then there are traps and shit. it's all that whole thing like thousands <laughs> of monsters and shit which i really like i don't right, know because it yeah it doesn't sound like you like it no, it's great though i really like it i don't know why i just just really like because you just fucking smash loads of dudes with your massive weapon 
Like, and do you only just have like the kind of one character, or do you control loads of different well, ones? Well, and... this is the thing. So it also adds these weird systems where, like, you get you as you go, you can get more heroes to join your team, and you can play as whichever one of them you want uh, and level them up. So generally, the one that you're playing as will level up more, but you can also pay to just level up the others as well uh, in game currency. And but you get <laughs> it's weird, but like. Whoever you're playing as will then get relationships with whoever is on your squad. So they will like you more. And the more they like you, the more kind of abilities that get unlocked that you can kind of add to your character, uh, your character's card. So you can equip a card on your character right. that has different stuff that you can unlock. Oh, so it's like so, a card game mechanic into it as well. No, not properly. Oh. It's just like, it's it's sort of like putting on a bit of armor, I guess. Oh, okay. And the card will Except have... Except it's a card rather yeah. than armor. Right? So they'll just equip a card and it'll have like ads, you know, cannot be staggered or like all this kind of yeah. stuff that you can unlock. And you unlock more of those through being friends with different characters. Isn't that sweet? It's weird. It's like, I, I like it, I think. I'm just not sure what it is. Like, because there's in between fights, there's like, um, you can go back to the the sacred spring, which is kind of like a hub area. And you can go and talk to the other characters and be friends with them. And like, it's just all weird stuff. Like Lu Bu, who's this like a really famous character from Dynasty Warriors, will sit playing like arcade games in a corner. And like, he's bad at them sometimes and gets mad. Uh, and like, and there's, and then there's, so this, I went in, there's a bath, right? And I went into the bath and it was empty. And then it was like, you had a bath alone. And I was like, that's weird that it would say I specifically had a bath alone. <laughs> I wonder if I could have a bath with someone else. So one time, like I walked in as Lou Boo, cause I was playing as him and there was like a woman in there and she was like, get out, how dare you? And then another time I walked in as, as someone else, I can't remember, and it was just like all the lads were in there and all the lads had a lad's bath together. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it was, it so, was just... but you're enjoying it all the same. I am. I need to play more. I want to review it, but it's really big. So mm-hmm. I'm chipping away at it, but there's just a lot in there. There are loads of missions to do, loads of like mini missions that pop up all the time. There are about 15 different endings to the game as well, depending on who you side with and stuff. There's a lot going on. But like, I think I like it. <laughs> I'm just not sure what it is. It's almost like they've got every idea they've ever had and put it into one game, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's... It's a weird. One. I mean, it's not as good. It's not good. like if you if you're into Musu games, I'd probably just wait until Dynasty Warriors Nine comes out because it's in terms of like that whole angle of the gameplay, it's not quite as good. But I'm pretty sure I'm enjoying it. I just really I'm just don't know what it is at times. Just have a <laughs> bath with Lubu. It's brilliant. You were almost a jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly listen? Let's go bowling. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Yay! Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Alice Bell, and you, Chris Allen, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then give me said answer, clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 1998. 1998. <laughs> right. Clue number two. 
This was the second game in my series, and I have appeared in approximately 20 other games in my series. 20 other games? All of varying importance, obviously. So, so when you say this is the second game... This was... Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, my first appearance. My first appearance was the second game in my series. Oh, okay, okay. Don't question the quiz master, please. I was clarifying. Doctor points. That's, do you even know how many points I have? I don't know, I'm hoping the lovely BGBGs will uh, sort us out for that. Clue number three. No, this... Okay. Clue number three. <laughs> Johan Erb portrayed me in the movie released in 2012. I mean, obviously I don't so know I was that. T- Yeah, well, that's why I was I hesitated for a second because I was like, this could give it away, but it also could make them more clueless. Johan Erb portrayed me in the movie released in 2012. Stop. Chris Hallam? Chris Redfield. Incorrect. Uh, clue number four. My second appearance as a prota- protagonist came in 2005 and is seen by many as arguably the greatest entry in my series and one of the greatest games of all time. Sorry, could you repeat that one, please? My second appearance as a protagonist. I've started, so I'll finish. My second appearance as a protagonist came in 2005 and is seen by many as arguably the greatest entry in my series and one of the greatest games of all time. Like, genuinely, it always pops up in every bastard list. No fucking idea. And clue number five. Fingers on the buzzers. In my first appearance, my game was released on two discs, where on one disc you could play as me, or on the other as a woman called Claire. Oh, stop. Chris Allen. It's Leon from Resident Evil and... Oh, his last name, Leon. Fucking. I don't know it. Well, by proxy then, it's Chris Hallam. Well done. I can't remember his last name. Sorry. What is? Uh, I can't think of a clue. Um, It's Leon Kennedy. That's it. Uh, Clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 1998. Yes, that was Resident Evil 2. Uh, This is the second game in my series, and I've appeared in approximately 20 other games in my series. I mean, some of them are... Uh, Resident Evil Outbreaks. Yeah, yeah, Outbreak exactly. Two. Uh, clue number three, Johan Orb portrayed me in the movie released in 2012, uh, which was Resident Evil Retribution. Uh, Johan Orb is a man. Do you know what? The Resident Evil films, especially the first couple, aren't that bad. No, they're not. They're pretty good, like, schlocky action films. Like, they're mechanically very well done. Uh, my second appearance as a protagonist came yeah. in 2005 and is seen by many as arguably the greatest entry in my series and one of the greatest games of all time Resident Evil 4 which is yeah. always fucking People fucking bang the, on about Resident Evil it was, it was part yeah. of the Capcom 4 wasn't it on mm. the Gamecube what are you buying I can let that lead uh, and in my first appearance my game was released on two discs where on one disc you could play as me or on the other as a woman called Claire and of course that was Claire Redfield or Claire Redfield? Yeah, Claire yeah, Redfield. Yeah, Claire Redfield, yeah. Because um, she was looking for her brother. Uh, she was. God love her. I don't know if she found him. Uh, because I was young and I only played a little bit of it at the time. Uh, but I remember quite enjoying it. Oh, and it Leon great. Kennedy was on the other disc and you played as Leon Kennedy. And Chris Hallam, he got Leon Kennedy because you were like Chris Redfield. And I was like, no, the other man from Resident Evil. Yeah. But you got there in the end, not. Chris. Well, in Resident Evil 2, you could... Um, there was an alligator that you saw in the in the sewers, and to defeat it, you had to knock the fire extinguisher off the wall 
drop it into its mouth and shoot the fire extinguishers to blow the alligator's head off. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. Every Tuesday, we send the call out on twitter.com at videogamer.com for your questions and you answer in kind for this here question segment, which is very handy, to be honest, because otherwise I don't really know what we do. And our first question is from Tom Charnock, and Tom asks... Last week, I got a boxed as new 3DS at a car boot sale for £20. What's the biggest gaming bargain you've ever stumbled across? Don't really do like physical bargains. I don't bargain do second hand. No, I don't. I like, you get good digital sales and stuff, but I don't really go physical bargains. It's, it's been a while, I suppose, since. But in my younger years, fucking too right, I went second hand. Oh, pick, yeah. up, pick up things. Like, uh, I remember getting, well, what was it? I'm sure it was like was it two for 15 and I got like Stuntman Ignition. I oh, no, no. Which one? What was the one on PS2? Was that just, were Stuntman and Stuntman 2 on PS2? I got, I got a Stuntman anyway, right? And, and Second Sight for 15 pounds, I believe. Second Sight was good. Fucking Second Sight was great! Second Sight, <laughs> got Free radical, the, wasn't second it? Second Sight was got the year for 2017! It's <laughs> fucking great! And these people with their psyops, psyops, bollocks, great, lads, do one, alright? Second Sight is where it's at. It's second brilliant. Sight was the better of the two. Um, but, yeah, I, I like, it. in recent years, I mean, not so much... Mm. But you used to get good ones outside the bins at, um, of um, uh, Blockbuster when that was still a thing. They'd have um, they'd put out just old rental copies, yeah, in big wire mesh cages at the front. You just go up to your elbow in that and find something for for four quid or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I bought great. I bought a copy of Shenmue Two on the Dreamcast for like a fiver and when I was working at Game at the time, and we got it in pre-owned, and we were getting rid of all the Dreamcast stock, and then I immediately sold it to somebody for 40 quid. Um, and <laughs> Entrepreneur? And then there was another one. I got Panzer Dragoon Saga on the Sega Saturn, and I bought it for 15 quid off someone that I worked with at Debenhams, because he was like, yeah, this game's crap, I want rid of it. So I bought it for 15 quid and sold it online for 250 quid. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> that was a nice flip, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, fair so th- those are the bargains I've picked up, and then I've got Die Hard Arcade, which I picked up for a fiver. How and much did you sell that for? No, I'm not sold it. I've still right. got it. Um, How much will you sell it for? I won't. I'll keep that one because it's really good. I'm actually going to bring it in. We'll have to do it on a playthrough one of the streams one time. I'll bring the Saturn down, um, because it's so bad, it's good. Excellent. Um, our next question is from Harry Koo, and uh, they ask. So I'm going to need some clarification here, right? They ask. Why are folded crisps the best crisps? Right. What's a folded crisp? I assume it means one of the ones that it get it's got all folded over before it was cooked. So it's like a, a All right, okay. A crisp yeah. folded the loopy in half. ones. Right. Um I don't think they are the best because you don't get as much flavour coverage. Do you not? Or does it not because the thing is, aren't they locked in and then maybe it'll curl while it's in the oven? I don't well yeah, but they put the flavour on after they're cooked. Do they? Yeah, they toss them in flavour stuff. Yeah. Seasoning. So they yeah. put so they put the oil on before they cook them and then they put the flavour on afterwards. Yeah. Oh, when I've done crisps at home, I've always put flavour on before. I think Walker's probably has afterwards. a different Walker's is fine. <laughs> Walker's 
different process. I know because I watched one of those. We fucking love, you know, when Greg Wallace goes to yeah. a factory and he's like, oh, oh, look at all these fucking biscuits. <laughs> what's the name of that program? Because I remember seeing it. We saw it like at, at home one night, very late at night. Couldn't turn it off. It's like inside it's, the factory it's not or something. Chef. It's a different thing <laughs> yeah. he does. And yeah, he just went and he was like, what was it? Oh, he was on about... um. What's uh Corgetti? That was a Corgetti. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, Yeah, I gotta see what this fucking fed is about. <laughs> so goes in and tries something or something goes not really for me to be honest. I was like didn't expect it. I thought he was it's gonna so be all good. like quite positive it's and like so yeah, this good. Is they great. did so there's they did what about biscuits? And he's always it starts off like there was one about like yeah. Why did he fucking... go for the biscuits and the McVitie's factory? Yes. In in, in Carlisle. Uh, there's one in the, the, I swear there was one in London they went to or something oh, okay. and then there's like a sweet factory and a crisp one it always starts off with like the raw materials it's like this is 30,000 tons of sugar and by the end of the day it'll be enough to make a million sweets or whatever I'm like this is enough biscuits to dip in fucking loads of tea <laughs> <laughs> and they're yelling really loud because they're in a factory Greg James is the bald one, isn't he? With the big Greg, eyes. Greg, Greg Wallace. Wallace. Greg, Greg Wallace, James. So. Greg James is a man, though. Greg, oh, Greg James, James is a man. Greg James is a Wallace, DJ, yeah. right? <laughs> no, it's Craig David. <laughs> <laughs> but no, watch Inside the Factory because it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we don't really have an awful lot of time to go through many more of these questions. Uh, one from Ross McMahon. What's your favourite time of day? Bedtime. I like going to sleep. Chris? Bedtime, I would say 5.29. Uh, I would just say the morning I like the morning because then you realise I have all the day and it really pisses me off when I wake up late because the day's gone wake up at about half eleven on a, like a Sunday it's like day's gone might as well just stay oh late. yeah the weekends you have to get up uh, as early as possible so you can enjoy all of it watch all yeah, of it all of it all of it yeah uh, let me see here uh Chris Kane asks, in AC, in, in AC Syndicate, did anyone ever choose to play as Jacob? Also, favourite AC, Black Flag or Syndicate for me, Alice Bell, did you play as Jacob and your favourite uh, Assassin's Creed? I mean, I did a bit because I wanted to try them out, but yeah, Evie was way more fun to play as because she was faster and like whacked everyone with a cane and shit. Um, my favourite AC would probably be Assassin's Creed 2 Bro Ho, but also I really liked Black Flag as well. Chris um, I didn't play Same Syndicate. Question. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't play Syndicate. Um, so I'll have to skip the whole Jacob one. Favorite Assassin's Creed would be two. Assassin's Creed two. I re- I did like what I played a Brotherhood, but I was playing it on PS3, so I had loads of technical issues. So unfortunately, it can't be up there for me. And I didn't play enough of Syndicate to say give any sort of Jacob Evie favoritism. And the best Syndicate is my favorite. Fa- my favorite Syndicate. Fucking hell. My favourite Assassin's Creed is the best Assassin's Creed. And that is Assassin's Creed Brotherhood because it was great. And then everything started to just take a little bit of a dip. Uh, another question we have from Nima is, with Bobcat Busby, Bobsy even, making a comeback, are there any other 90s stars due for revival? Jazz Jack Rabbit, Keen Zool, Super Frog, Chuck Rock, Chris Hallam. Um, do you remember New Zealand story on the Amiga? Nope. It was made by Tato. Um, and um, they basically, also make crisps. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, it's it's centered on a... my boys back home. <laughs> Hi, lads. Shout out the boys yeah. back home. Got your back. Um, it was a, about this little Kiwi bird called Tiki who's trying to find his lover, Fifi. That's not um, New oh, Zealand no, story. I'm thinking of Talkie Tori. Yeah. Uh, well, New Zealand story came out in the arcades in the late 80s. 
early 90s it came out on the Amiga. And it was just a little platform. It was brutal, but it was really good, really well reviewed at the time as well. That'd be cool to see back again. I, I'd say cool spot. I loved that on game. On the SNES. Uh, well, I played it on Mega Drive. Yeah. yeah, I fucking adored that game. I remember renting it. Like, I never owned it, but I rented it, like, every weekend. Do you know what? It kind of, like, you're allowed rent one game. Yeah. What game do you want yeah, that to be? £3.50 like, free yeah, just, day rental. I, all day, like, for, I don't know, a solid two months, I'd say. I was just constantly renting this game. Never finishing it, of course. Like, do you know, because you'd get to a, a certain, certain point, point, you'd die. You'd have to start again fucking adore that game and like i didn't realize until like later on that he was like seven up mascot i had no clue of that yeah um fuck fantastic anna spell a character from the 90s they're all gonna fucking come back at some point aren't they they'll all have a go spyro the dragon will be back yeah it'll they'll all have a crack again that's how it's going these days sound very maudlin don't i very. Is there any specifically that you'd like to see come back, or do you want no. them all to go away? Don't want them to go away. It's fine to remember them, but I think we have to move on. You know, to we better and, and brighter things. Yes, yes, we do. And our final question uh, is from James Sterling Wilson, and James says, "I'm 21 today. Could I get a birthday shout out? Love the podcast, and hope you guys have great days." Aww. Happy birthday, Happy James. birthday, James. Happy birthday, James. I feel like a DJ. And uh, we got a birthday shout out from James. I'd love to do a birthday thing. You know, like they did on, on kids' TV. On like yes, CBBs. CBBs would be like, and your mummy and daddy have sent in this card with a spaceship on it because you're four. Yeah. Like, I'd love to do that. That's but anyway. My, it, it is my dream to be on kids' TV. I think I'd be... To have to clean up your act a bit. Like. <laughs> I, I'd be... I When... when Called called upon, I can tone down the language. I cannot say cunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. I've got to write. Uh, um, so profanities so, ahoy. So yeah, happy, happy birthday, James. Thank you very much for your continued support. You're a lovely person. Have a lovely day. Just like all of the video gamer boys and girls who are all lovely people as well. Uh, thank you very much for your continued support over on patreon.com forward slash video gamer uh, you will be getting the extended bit of this podcast and you've also gotten it already as well but you'll be getting an extra 10 to 15 minutes where myself Chris and Alice will be talking about something really exciting can we talk about your hair actually uh, we can yeah if you want to um, there you go don't say anymore this is just a good tease and uh, you, are, you will be getting uh, the video gamer extra podcast this week where Chris Hallam will be talking to myself and Alice about something he'll be explaining something to us and you'll also be getting your Q&A as well which in all likelihood will be Thursday I would say um, so yeah look out for that just keep it keep it locked <laughs> patreon.com forward slash video gamer and you will find out there uh, so yeah we would love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes that would be fantastic of course we'd love five stars but, you know, be honest. So it's going to be five stars. Uh, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at Colin underscore Hearn. Chris is at IBU666. Alice is at BabyGotBell. And you can follow Video Gamer and all of your relevant social networks as well. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at VideoGamer.com. We are also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash VideoGamerTV. But for all of your Video Gamer needs, how many times do I have to tell you? Just head to VideoGamer.com. So that's about it, Ned. Thank you very much for your time. 
It's been an absolute pleasure. Are you not going to say and goodbye? It, and it is now time for my least favorite parish show. This is the parish show. Miss Bid the listener. Adieu. So say goodbye, Chris Hallam. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Alice Bell. Bye. Say goodbye, Colin Mahern Sloan. Go forward. <laughs>